This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. No. <laughs> it's going to take some work, that one. G'day, mates, cobbers. <laughs> um, thanks, thanks for joining us on this, the uh, 487th episode of... No, I don't even... Oh, I, I have typed in the number of what episode uh, this is. It's 35? Something. 26 plus 9? Yeah. 35, yeah. Right, okay. How anyone does this weekly, I don't know. Because it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> well, for you, maybe. Yeah, for I, me. Actually, I... it's interesting because... Uh, Unlike anything else that involves you being creative, um, there are a few things that, uh, creative-wise, that you are unable to listen to something else in the background whilst you're doing mm. it. And when you're editing either podcasts or uh, editing video, you can't have background music no. going, <laughs> so so you're completely isolated, and yeah. So I feel for anyone who uh, has been podcasting for years and years and years, um, all of which, from my experience, listening to podcasts have somebody else edit for. Yeah. Them. So, <laughs> uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow, Thomas. Oh. Oh no, you can't do that because um, it's got to be out by one o'clock tomorrow morning so yeah. <laughs> to keep the the hounds at bay. Um, but yes, you need to. I have sent you the yes. image for the cover, and, and I have done that. Have we started this podcast? Well, the red light is on. Oh, the red light is on. And we right. did we did uh, our opening thing that we always do. Um, right. And, uh, okay. And, and you messed it up a little. I did. At that, at the very end of our opening thing. Oh, the hi, hello, hello, mm. hi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it isn't a thing yet. No. It's a thing on your end. Yes. But I haven't made it a thing yet. Mm. It'll take some time. It's like those countries that suddenly announce a date that they're going to change which side of the road they're going to drive on. Mm. Yeah. We'll, we'll need to... With very variable uh, uh, success. Uh, some of which done yeah. really, really well. Yes. Hmm. Um, again, learnt from a podcast edited by somebody other than the podcaster themselves. Mm. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, enough of this rambling. We're going to be watching a film tonight. We're going to be watching To Kill a Mockingjay. It is the prequel to The Hunger Games where we find out... Um, the backstory between behind Katniss Everdeen, Evergreen, mm. Ever, Ever something, and her 
exploits in the forest with a bow and arrow. Uh, you joke, but a prequel novel is being written. Is that right? Yes. <clears throat> uh, not related to Katniss. It's like it, that years in the past. I, I can accept that fully. Um, prequels sometimes I find uh, unnecessary, but I think that will will be an adventure in and of itself. So. Mm. Good. Okay, so we're not watching uh, To Kill a Mockingjay. No. We're, we're watching To Kill a Mockingbird. Do tell us what To Kill a Mockingbird is about. Uh, from the this, For those who are joining us for the first time. And we do have some fairly new listeners, so uh, you'll, you'll quickly appreciate the uh, quirks of this podcast, including the poor production values Mm. (laughs) but part of those poor production values includes thomas reading the plot synopsis straight off the back of the dvd or blu-ray that is still under wraps with minimal mental editing in case of (laughs) self-congratulatory yes comments gregory peck plays the southern lawyer who defends a black man accused of rape in this film version of the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. The way in which it captures a time, a place, and above all a mood makes this film a masterpiece. Oh, I've, I've read self-congratulatory accidentally. Oops. That's disappointing. Uh, continuing on. Uh, the setting is a dusty southern town during the Depression. A white woman accuses a black man of rape. Though he is obviously innocent, the outcome of his trial is such a foregone conclusion that no lawyer will step forward to defend him, except Peck, the town's most distinguished citizen. His compassionate defence costs him many friendships, but earns him the respect and admiration of his two motherless children. Okay. So, that's what we're watching, so it's probably going to be a bit of a, a battle and a slog, um, as far as the content is concerned, mm. would you do the honors and unwrap the? Ah, oh, that's 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 going to be a problem. Okay, Thomas has just realised and discovered that the case is devoid, denuded of all cellophane wrapping, um, because I do confess that having read the book way back in high school. When I first purchased this, I thought, huh, I wonder how much it matches my recollections of the book. And I put it in the machine. And within the first two minutes, I realized, huh, I don't remember even the era in which the book was set in. And this seems different. I don't believe it is, but it threw me enough to say, right, I shall put that aside and and devote some time to it because I know the book was important Um, and of course obviously the film has been important sitting on the shelf unwatched and unloved Mm. and and not under wraps and not under wraps we're going to take care of that we're going to watch the film we're going to well I'm going to determine whether it stays on the shelf Mm. I believe this is the first uh, movie in the whole history of Still Under Wraps that was shot in black and white. Yes, black and white and mono audio. And mono audio, yes. So, so we won't be turning on the sound system, 1961? 
1962. Okay, so right in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm. Ish. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, that little snippet sprang to mind because of a podcast that I've been listening to today. Um, <laughs> it's podcast time. All right. So we're going to pop that into the machine and we're going to watch it and we'll share our comments, not our rating or uh, just our thoughts. They will be uh, ill-advised, ill-conceived and poorly presented. But... They will also be immediate. We shall record it straight after watching. And then I'll go and edit. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in two hours. Yes, we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Mongrel. How is your composure? I'm all right. You're all right? Uh, I, I actually made notes. You made notes. And I don't know whether they're uh, important anymore because uh, as the film went on and on and I became more engrossed and, and yeah. Um, but what, yeah. what were your, your thoughts I just didn't find myself engaging with the film until the back half. Right. We, we, when, uh, about when the trial started. Okay, so when it became a procedural. Mm. Okay, interesting. Because it was two different films, really, wasn't mm. it? I am in awe of it, I must confess. And I, I don't know whether that's a case of the Emperor's New Clothes type of thing. It having a reputation such that you don't bad mouth it and i don't mm. think it was that it was just uh, i i was engrossed and and yet uh, i 
confessed to looking down at the clock a number of times, uh, the the, mm. the counter, because I knew how long the movie was, and I was thinking, oh, you know, it, it's reaching this point, and it's still got half an hour to go. Does that mean? And and so, mm. I, I wish for once the clock wasn't there because I was. I, my mind was racing the film, which was racing the clock, and yeah, right, um, which was unfair on it. I found the whole film engrossing, and I, I really don't think it is a an expected bias. I just the acting was incredible. I thought all through, especially the the child actors, having watched numerous films of this era with child actors in it. I have never seen, especially um, the guy who played Jem, he was a natural. Um, mm. the, the way he delivered lines uh, was, was so natural and um, inflections and and looks and reactions and um, it was just, yeah... I really felt that direction-wise, it, it really hasn't aged at all. And if anyone dares suggest doing a remake, I, I would slap them down, I would. Mm. Admittedly, its pacing is of its time. Uh, and But I, I really didn't have a problem with the pacing. Um, I'm, still, I'm still a bit gobsmacked by it and, and feeling guilt for not having uh, watched it. <laughs> it it's definitely very well made um, and I understand and appreciate why it is acclaimed it, it's just n not for me though yep yep uh, the the what is for him still eludes us. Mm. Um, yeah, will, will we find a a film in the still under wraps stack that is for Thomas? Mm. That that question still happens. Okay, so I'm going to quickly go through my notes then because um, just the the opening and why it started. Um, yeah, from uh, one ratio, film ratio, and then expanded out to another. Look, and I suspect it's more to do as I was watching. It was all close-ups and all really tight pans on uh, tiny things right. and on hands and on tips of pencils and on the contents of the box mm. and. We were basically looking inside the box, mm. I think, is is why that ratio was was tightened in that um, the film itself expanded from in, within that box. We only really found out the importance of the contents, you know, a lot later on in the, the film. But mm. that, I guess, would be my interpretation of why it, it did that. But... Um, you know, I quickly forgot about that, but those close-ups still lingered, and the the shallow depth of focus um, 
within the objects and, and and pulling focus between one object and another was just done so beautifully and that continued through the film um, and and also the 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 camera shots so often were from the kids point of view and from this era things like lassie and and what have you um maybe that's a poor poor choice but even though you're dealing with children the camera never tended to concentrate so much on through the children's eyes and from from ground level you know when they're crawling around and and have views up stairs and, and what have you it, the camera is way down low uh, i don't think i've seen it pull, being pulled off so well um and, and uh, other things as far as the the stifling uh summer mm. um you know the cricket sounds it, it was a mono soundtrack and yet i kept on hearing the crickets from behind me because the frequency of crickets is such that it's really hard to determine their location and i'd like to think that that was somewhat deliberate um but, but it completely evokes summer and then the scenes inside the courtroom where they're waving and um and sweat under armpits and things like that um were were just little details that I picked up that and the sweat on foreheads and it was just a, a second level of stiflement uh, within the courtroom that um, I guess was oh, I'm being arty farty here <laughs> and, that, um, and ma- maybe no other film that we've watched in this podcast has fully justified me loving this as a a piece of art quite so much i don't know um the black and white again i think was totally deliberate there's stark contrasts it wasn't just a a a film filmed uh as one would film in color um you know every the contrast of black and white was used to perfection in this Mm. i thought are you familiar with the black dots that kept on appearing I, I, on I, the right-hand side of the... Mm, those r- real alignment? Uh, real change. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in a cinema you would have two projectors and you'd have one projector running and the other one ready to go mm. and you'd have a... Uh, basically, the they used to just put a hole in the negative when they were... Because they'd edit in negative, I believe, mm. and then run off that roll of negative and stick a hole two seconds before they need to start running the... Mm. get the, the, the header of the, the next reel running and then switch lamps on the second dot that appears mm. so the projector uh, projectionist has to be watching the screen to know right switch over 
first black dot started running, the second black dot mm. and switch lights, you know, yes. shut off one and, and, and so the other one's visible. Um, you very rarely, I mean, you know, with the days of digital editing, mm. you don't see that um, these days. You know, everything's on a hard disk uh, and... Um, but I've never seen them quite so obvious. And right, different yeah. countries have different ways of marking them too. Um, you know, there are certain European films where you'd see a, a little white square up in the top right-hand corner and and, uh, and then, then a second white square. So whether they added it um, after the prints were made, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, I'm ru I've run out of things to say other than I absolutely am in awe and gobsmacked about that film. Um, it also makes me realise exactly how much I've forgotten from the book <laughs> and whether I actually finished reading it. I certainly remember the conversations going on about it. It's still so incredibly relevant mm. too uh, as far as treatment of human beings and the perceived difference, you know, the, the, the seeking out of the different mm. and treating the different um, differently. <laughs> I don't know whether that made any sense at all, but I know what I meant. All right. Do you have anything you wish to add except I, for uh, it wasn't quite your thing? Yeah. I, I did actually like the total sequence. Um, especially the the revealing of the title in yes yeah. in embossed crayon yeah um, look I, I may be completely naive of the American um, film industry around that time and in po possibly my biggest experience of films of that era would have been Disney films I reckon mm. uh, which weren't works of art they were works of entertainment and and did so superbly well um yes. to a um t and following a formula a set formula this was completely beyond that formula but as far as playing with aspect ratio goes i i i have seen more effective use of aspect ratio i believe uh, life of pi Yes, had some, some very interesting playing with aspect ratio. Yep, yep. Now, was that... Because I know that some films um, have certain scenes filmed at IMAX ratio so that when they're shown... Because it's really, really expensive to film an entire IMAX film, mm. and, uh, which is at a different ratio to a normal screen, obviously. That's the whole IMAX experience is this weird ratio. Um, but I, I know that um, Nolan, I can't remember his first name. Christopher. Christopher. Or Doug to his friends. Um, Christopher uh, loves taking advantage of shooting certain scenes at IMAX uh, ratio so that if you are to go and see the film at an IMAX theatre, you will get an IMAX version of it so that those mm. scenes will 
you know, jump out at you. And, and you don't get that in the, the cinema experience. I seem to recall with the Blu-ray, at least, version of Dunkirk, it would change ratios um, during that, which I believe was for the... I could be talking out of my hat here, but I just... I can't remember. Well, all I can remember is Life of Pi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, different reasons, I think. And I can't remember why they used it in Life of Pi or well, and whether it Life was. Life of Pi, uh, the aspect ratio would change, but there would still be content that broke out of the box. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, and we won't spoil it for people because mm. that film is only very recent. It's a good film. Yes, it is a good film. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. And this is also a good film, but it just it goes just... on the pile of films that are good, but that I didn't quite like as much as I could have. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So, a good listener, if you can make any suggestions as to films that, that Thomas would enjoy, that... <laughs> Um, might be on the shelf. Yeah. Um, there's your opportunity to uh, participate in a segment that will be coming up a little later. Speaking of segments, are you ready to move on? Yes. You are. So I, it's I, now just, a little later. It is a little later. Um, and it, that is the segment we're up yeah. to, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So We managed to get through that entire discussion without having to throw up a spoiler alert. We did indeed. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still quivering about that film. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. And uh, now this. Yes, and now this. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Okay, so the internets have been a flurry with contributions mm. during the last week and conflict and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth mm. and um, I can't remember any of it. <laughs> so uh, let bygones be got bygones, people, and let's move on. Uh, as we know, the prize is, uh, I mean, apart from the glory of being on the top of the leaderboard mm. in this podcast, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and somehow, in all that commotion, we have exactly 32 items on the list. Ex exactly 32 items, including... Um, a number from two fairly new listeners, and we'd like to welcome um, Emma. M. M. Sorry, Emma. Uh, sorry, M. M. So, we'd like to welcome M. We'll cut that out if I can just from, bother from I'm my just, corner of the internet, from your corner of the universe, and Todd, who I don't know who Todd is. Oh. <laughs> Uh, welcome to you both, and uh, sorry for suddenly finding yourself in the madness and mayhem of a a scurry to the the top of the leaderboard in what became madness there briefly, mm. I think. But I think it's all sorted now. Yes. Um, um. Can I suggest from here on in that each person makes just one suggestion per week? As, as was the original mm. rule. Uh, those of you who have joined late, look, just 
go with the flow and you know don't don't try and catch up it's like like catching up on lost the series you know is it really worth it starting at the beginning i i have not managed to get through the pilot no so so, honestly you know if we will be lenient on on newer listeners if they want to sort of boost up their their guesses a bit but um it got a little crazy there and trying to add it to the overly engineered spreadsheet and things like mm. that in fact ended up with one of our new listeners being added to the list twice so right. see see you you old um experts put your own points at risk with your flurry of contributions um, by allowing someone who had made just one suggestion actually have it added to the list twice. Right. Doubling their chances of having it guessed. So It, it would help. It would help if, if both of us added things to, to the end of the list. Added things to the end. Yes, see, I keep squeezing them through, thinking that yeah. the the random number generator has more chance. <laughs> I know, I know, Thomas. Gambler's the, the fallacy. Gambler's fallacy. Yes. Um, apart from that poor soul whose um, suggestion is currently at number thirteen. In fact, look, I'm not even going to drag up the random number generator here. I'm going. I'm not looking at the list myself. Thomas has the list here. I'm going to propose. I, I brought out. I, we got to thirty-two. I pulled out my polyhedrals and everything. Oh, uh, that was why he was yeah. stressing. Here we go. Let's cause consternation amongst the ranks here. Uh, you heard me edging towards suggesting that we pick number thirteen, but we're not going to. No. We get to hear a new sound effect tonight. Yeah. Uh, got, today we, got you dice. get to hear a, you get to hear a new sound effect today. That's what have we got? Two polyhedral dice. Yeah, we've got a D four. We've got a D four and a D eight. Uh, so four. Uh, eight times three is twenty-four. Plus two is twenty-six. He's doing math, and I don't know what he's doing because I can't see from all the way over in the second studio. Um, there's we're actually in two different studios yes. in booths with uh, a wall between us, and I I don't even know whether he had real die dice, dice. plural. Yes. Mm. Um, so what number did we reach? 13. Uh, 26. <laughs> 26. Which Double is? That. Double 13. Mm. Okay, so number 26 is... Lee, who suggests Street Fighter. Well, let's, let's knock this thing on the head straight away. I've not seen it. I've not either. It's not on the shelf. Mm. In Blu-ray or in DVD or on KED or any other format. Uh, it has never been on my radar, uh, Lee. And I, I hear it's not very good. I hear that too. Um, and hence the... Uh, I seem to recall hearing some obscure podcast doing a review on it. And uh, I switched that podcast off halfway right. through because... Um, you know, the film apparently isn't very good and that podcast was woeful. So, I, <laughs> I, yeah. So, no, Lee, it's it's 
those remarks aren't pointed at all. <laughs> Not at all. Um, <laughs> no, Lee, I did listen to it all the way through, but it still didn't convince me to track down a copy of Street Fighter and watch it. So it still remains unwatched and unloved by me. And many. And will never be on the shelf, I don't think. No. So, uh, so that's zero points. So that's zero points, Lee, with a multiplier of zero. Mm. Can you... Yeah, I, I, it's, it's... Oh, no, I can't use the dice No, you this. can't. No. Um, mm. Roll a zero. Oh, dear. Okay, um, so uh, please keep those contributions trickling through at a one suggestion per week... Uh, Per person. Per person. Um, that would be much appreciated. Uh, just a reiterations of the rules, which are there on the um, Facebook, Facebook page. Link is, yes. Um, and read through those again for those of you who need a reminder. And <laughs> and uh, don't, don't suggest the same film twice. That would be a good thing too. Yeah. Because, again, the over-engineered spreadsheet does give you a list of all the films that have been mm. suggested. Assuming we update it. <laughs> um, I, I, I do. Mm. I, I, I try to, but then I forget and, yeah. you know, but, things happen. Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave that bit to me and, mm. and it'll all be good because you need to get me a uh, cover page for this. I, I have. Oh, you've done it? Yes. Oh, where I, I, I said I'd done it. Oh, did you? When yes. did you say you'd done it? I think it was on this podcast, actually. Was it? Yeah. Hang on, let's write and wind it back. Um, but yes, you need to. I have sent you the yes. image for the cover. And, and I have done that. Have we started this podcast? See? See, I, I told you. <sighs> and now I've told you again. Good. Now I'm going to have to. Copy and paste that when mm. I'm editing it, and yeah. And I know you'll find it. I'm it's sure there. I will because I listen to it all, and and I, I see this timer ticking over and ticking over, mm-hmm. going, oh, "I've got to plow through all of this." Okay, so let's move on straight away um, to uh, this next segment. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. Would you do the honors and shake your boogie? Your booty, you shake your. How booty. about instead of shaking my booty or shaking <laughs> my boogie, we shake the nineteen eighty four film, The Bounty. Oh, shake your bounty, shake your bounty, shake, shake, shake. Okay, The Bounty. Mm-hmm. A little bit of history there, a bit of mutinous activities mm. with Mel Gibson. Yep. And, oh, I'm going to take a stab here. Is it, um, oh, he played um, Hannibal Lecter. Yes, you're on the right track. Oh, da, 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 da. I wish my brain would work properly. Oh, and I had it there just for a second. Feed me. It's Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. Um, which is really bizarre because somehow I do have a large percentage of... No, sorry. That's a lie. There are a fair number of films with Anthony Hopkins uh, on the shelf. If you were to tap on mm. Anthony Hopkins, that should show how many are on the shelf. Eight? Eight films with Anthony Hopkins in 
it are on the shelf. Um, so that gives... Uh, we watched one of them earlier in the watched, series. Sorry? Uh, we watched one of them earlier in the series. We did, um, which was that film with Anthony Hopkins in it. Mm, the World's Fastest Indian. Of course it was. See, brain's gone. Brain is gone, which is of great advantage to you, dear listener, because when you have your hoorahs on the Facebooks, um, I've forgotten what it was all about by mm. the time we record again. Um, so, uh, next week we're watching The Bounty, uh, a little bit of swashbuckling adventure mm. and probably naked Tahitians. And we'll... <laughs> Tahitians? Pitcairn yeah. Islanders. Well, that's where they ended up. But did they go to Tahiti? I guess you'll have to wait and see, dear listener, um, when you join us next week when we watch The Bounty. And until then, uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. Oh dear. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Okay, so let's move on and wrap things up here. If anyone uh, asks, my name is Lars Gerhardt and I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Oh, and you're going to have to remind me again as yeah. to what that is. <laughs> it's 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 a sketch. It's a sketch done by Loading Ready Run. Loading Ready Run. Yeah. Which is worth a look, people. Mm. Um and I believe certainly worth more of a look than yeah. certain Street Fighter movies. Mm. I'll send you a link. We the can, link will we be can put it in the show in notes. The show notes. <laughs>